As the vaccination effort continues across Canada, provinces have been looking for more ways to encourage citizens. Both carrots and sticks are now being used. Some are working better than others. But the secret sauce for vaccinating a community isn't necessarily what's in the vials. I'm Adam Toy. And I'm Dave McIver, and this is Why. The scientific consensus is clear. Vaccinations are the path out of the COVID-19 pandemic. And until enough people in an entire population have been vaccinated to reach true herd immunity, we're going to need to have other public health measures, technically known as non-pharmaceutical interventions. We've covered that in earlier episodes of the podcast. With the goal of getting as many shots in arms as possible, governments have been trying a number of different ways to convince people to get the shot. The governments of Manitoba, Quebec, and Alberta have all held a vaccine lottery. West Virginia, south of the border, even tried to sweeten their vax to win lotto with tricked out trucks and even rifles. But as governments become more and more concerned with plateauing vaccination rates, they're looking at other tools in their toolbox. Larger provinces like Quebec, Ontario and BC are introducing so-called vaccine passports, proof of vaccination for their citizens to be able to enjoy things like indoor dining, shopping or even visiting family in hospital. That's part of an evolving patchwork of vaccine certification as a way to disencourage being unvaccinated. But in early September, Alberta took a different approach to try to lift the country's lowest vaccination rate among exponential Delta variant fueled new cases. And if you just haven't gotten around to it, for the love of God, please get vaccinated now. And if you do, we will now pay you $100. Today we are announcing that Alberta will be the first province to offer a uh, personal monetary incentive to step up and do the right thing. Anyone who gets a first or second dose will now be eligible to receive a $100 gift card. Backlash in the province was swift and fierce. This business about giving people $100 yeah. to get vaccinated. I've been vaccinated two times and nobody paid me anything. So <laughs> yeah, do I too. send the government an invoice for 100 bucks or what? <laughs> A column published in the following days said, The vaccinated majority in Alberta who resent what they see correctly as a reward for procrastinating and heel-dragging on vaccination, while a fourth wave of COVID gathers steam and threatens to swamp our hospitals. Putting a cash bounty on shots is what economists and sociologists call gamification, the column said. That was written by Amy Kaler. I'm a professor of sociology at the University of Alberta. When I think ga gamification, I don't think vaccines. Why, Why is this gamifying uh, vaccination? Well, ga uh, gamifying refers to, when we think of games, we think of Monopoly or video games, or maybe we think of sports. But gamifying as a term refers to uh, taking any human activity uh, or behavior or whatever and turning it into something where individuals can win um, or teams, um, but more, it's more often individuals can win or can benefit uh, at the expense of other people. Um, whether that's, you can think of a, a lottery where, or not a lottery, casinos, you know, where people are betting against the house and we know the house always wins, but people hope that they can win. Um, there are games of skill where, you know, you get more points than somebody else and so you win and they don't. So um, gamification is it's a bit of a buzzword in a lot of areas now because it's, um, 
maybe not so much with vaccines, but in other areas that there's a real, I think our brains are wired to want to play games, you know, to, to want to try and get the points or get to the next level or, you know, get the payout um, and someone else or some other entity is not going to get it. So th there's a real appeal. Um, people who do a lot of work with startups and new technology are always talking about how to gamify them because we get kind of hooked on games more easily than we do on a lot of other activities. One could say that the idea of paying to get a shot is at its core rewarding desired behavior, rewarding a desired act. What's, what's the problem with this, this latest uh, incentive from the Alberta government on a population-wide basis, on a societal basis? What's, what's the matter with this one? Just to back up a bit, rewarding desired behavior is a good thing and uh, should be encouraged, but this is not, this is not a way to do it. Um, we know that with vaccine uptake, uh, vaccine certificates, and you, know, you have to show proof of your vaccination before you can go do something you wanna do, like go to a concert or go to a sports event. We know that people respond to incentives and that they will get vaccinated um, in the hope of a reward. But there's a difference between a reward that everybody can uh, can get if they, you know, take up the desired behavior, and a reward that only some people can get, and that reward is for doing something that everybody else, you know, did a while ago, and where that reward also um, the way that the Alberta government framed it, whether they meant to or not, is something that, that's kind of coming at the expense of someone else. You're getting money out of the government. Um, and that's what I was writing about. You know, they're offering $100 bounty per shot now. When is it going to be $200 or $500? Um, and people in Alberta who already got their shots, which is most of us, are um, expressing a lot of sort of dislike of the idea that, you know, hey, my tax dollars are going to this person who, you know, didn't bother getting their shots and has been kind of wandering around unvaccinated for the last year or so. So while from the point of view of an unvaccinated person where it's like oh, $100, I guess it was worth, you know, I don't know how many people actually think this way, but the program is kind of assumes that there are people who will think $100, I guess it was worth my time to not get vaccinated before because now I'm going to get some money. Um, they're winners. But then winners also, you know, you can't have winners without in a game like this without losers. And that's everybody else who's disgruntled and thinking, hey, I went and got my shots and, you know, where's my $100? Mm -hmm. uh, my money is going to those people especially in a context where there's, we're seeing a lot of um, attempts to kind of name and single out who's to blame for this disastrous fourth wave. And I've seen, you know, social media stuff, people saying, you know, the unvaccinated who may have been spreading COVID all over the place are now going to get rewarded for getting their shots where I got my shots and, you know, early on and I haven't been spreading COVID all over the place and I don't get a reward. In some ways, it's, you know, kind of petty because the stakes are pretty low. $100 is not $100,000. But the fact that people, um, you know, from all 
places on the political spectrum get so worked up about this says that it's not just about the money. There's some larger dynamic that the Alberta government seems to think is a good idea to launch, but which is really you know, troubling and, and disturbing to a lot of people. Amy, vaccine lotteries have been tried in many places around the world, including in Canada. What are the characteristics of a society in which a vaccine lottery would be highly motivating for people to take a vaccine? First thing that comes to mind is, is extreme poverty, where the money you could win in a lottery could be life-changing. The second thing that comes to mind is a society in which a lot a lottery approach went along with, this is a bit like the sort of multiple preventions, many other ways of, of sort of incentivizing people. There's the, you know, we've been getting for a year and a half reminded that, you know, we need to make good decisions, do the right thing. That can be effective, but it has a ceiling and it hit that ceiling, I would say, about a year ago. We know from efforts that have succeeded in changing other public health behavior, like around smoking and so forth, Things that are mandates or forms of mandates that say, well, to take smoking as an example, if you want to smoke, that's fine. It's it's legal. It's all good and so forth. But you can't smoke if you want to be on a bus, you know, or mm. in a or working with children or or working with children exactly because um, it, and smoking is actually a great analogy because your <laughs> respiratory actions pose a potential risk to the health of people who didn't, who were not part of your decision to smoke, you know? So I think a society in which COVID is treated as something like that, like um, infections, immunizations um, are not compulsory. Nobody's going to, you know, sit on you and, and forcibly inject you. But if you're going to be doing certain things like, you know, mingling in bars or going to concerts or whatever, you can't be unimmunized at the same time you know you, you need to just show your certificate mm -hmm. so i think in in combination with different approaches and different strategies uh, a vaccine lottery maybe that sort of incrementally adds a bit more push for people to get the vaccine done you were just talking about a proof of vaccination vaccine certificate vaccine passport in france they call it the health pass um I'm wondering if you can speak to how that plays on 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 FOMO is the term that comes to mind for me. But I also know that it's 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 uh, that could motivate people via aversion a, a or loss aversion in terms of, of freedom exactly. of movement and that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we have. I mean, we have precedents for that. Like I'm, you know, it hasn't happened in a while, but it, most many people, many adults have had the experience of having to show, you know government issued documentation with personally identifying details to get into a bar like everybody's been carded you know and that's because there's a, a sort of a social consensus that having you know younger kids young teenagers giving them unfettered access to alcohol produces um, bad results downstream and that means that everybody has to line up and be carded um, and a vaccine passport really functions the same way you know you have to show it nobody wants to know all the details of your personal history they just need to know vaccinated yes vaccinated no and if it's yes then you know you go in and go on with whatever it is you want to do just like showing your driver's license are you over 18 yes are you over 18 no um and yeah 
FOMO is a good motivator. Um, I know anecdotally people, uh, I've heard from people who, you know, who smoked cigarettes a lot and all the information about the health risks and this is not good for you and so on. Like they knew about it, but cognitive dissonance is a thing. So they kept smoking. The thing that changed the behavior was um, if I'm smoking, I can't go out with my friends because they want to go to this place and I'm not allowed to smoke there. So um, measures which don't just seek to change people's minds about vaccination, but actually change the behavior at this point are more effective than just telling people over and over again, you know, COVID is serious, vaccines are important. And, and you know, I implore you, like our premier likes to implore people to make good choices and so forth. Mm-hmm. We have to create the environments in which people actually do make that choice to get vaccinated because it makes their life easier. Have you been following the vaccine uptake in different countries and countries that are culturally different from Canada? Spottily, I can't, you know, sound too authoritative on it, but, uh, you know, I'm looking at bits and pieces. Um, yeah, Canada's, you know, we're doing reasonably well. We're kind of middle of the pack. We're doing, I mean, our comparison is always with the U.S., which is, is um, patchy, I guess. Some places with very high uptake, some with very low and that suggests that a lot of what's going on with vaccine uptake has to do with fairly local level communities. Um, when you, I don't know, when you hear that a country has like 75% of its population vaccinated, it, you know, it doesn't mean 75% everywhere you go is going to be vaccinated. Some mm-hmm. places it's going to be 98% and some places it's going to be 50. So in terms of increasing vaccination rates i think a lot of the the strategy and the thinking has to be subnational addressing smaller um social groups within a country which is you know it's a bit what we have in canada where provinces do uh, most of the health stuff it's it's good when you have provinces that are able to pull things together like in the maritimes um it's not so good when you know out in the west we're stuck with um people who don't make good decisions. Mm. So when we look at the vaccination rate for a country, you really want to break it down sort of regionally where are people really getting vaccinated and where are they just kind of not. Amy, what role does trust play in infectious disease situations on a group level and a society level? You've studied infectious diseases before as a sociologist. What role does trust play? Oh, it's huge. Um, It's trust in you know, the government or whoever is putting the vaccination forward is a huge thing, especially for communities that have a, a well-founded history of um, not seeing a lot of positive things coming to their community from that government. So you need to believe that the, the, the people who are telling you to go and get vaccinated um, are not lying to you. Uh, they mean well. They want you to be healthy um and that's medical or public health emergencies like this often expose these places where again for usually really justifiable reasons uh, trust is not there and we've seen that um you know in my own work uh i've also 
done a fair bit to do with family planning and birth control. Mm. And we see this over and over again in communities which are at odds with the dominance of powerful groups in their country or their society. And someone comes along and says, um, hey, you healthy young adults, take this pill so you don't have 15 kids. You know, And that's the only free medical service here offered. And it's being offered by people who you know, may not have your best interests at heart, that there's a lot of pushback. Mm-hmm. Um, and vaccines would be the same way. A vaccine almost by definition is something that you give to somebody who's healthy. Like it's not a, it's not a treatment or anything. Mm-hmm. So if someone's coming into your community and say, hey, saying, hey, everybody, you have to get this shot. Trust me, it's good for you. It'll be fine, even though you're healthy and you feel fine. Um, that's not going to fly in a lot of places, which is, again, getting back to why local, uh, smaller level dynamics are really important. If the people that are trusted in a community or in a town or in a, um, you know, whatever it may be, can say, yes, I did this and it's good and I'm fine. Um, then there's more trust and more buy-in. So if you look at the vaccination situation nationwide, where we've got just shy of 68% of eligible Canadians fully vaccinated as of early September, what are some of the principles that could be used to have us all roll in the same direction, to use an analogy? I, you know, I, I hate to sound like a, like I'm just, you know, one note or whatever, but I think um, to the extent that vaccines are the gateway to what people want, you know, we're seeing a lot more workplace mandates, um, you know, healthcare workers in some provinces, you have to be vaccinated or constantly tested. I'm happy, you know, in my city of Edmonton, I'm happy to see that a number of uh, like restaurants and bars are uh, saying, no, we want to see, even if it's just some like blurry screenshot on your phone, proof that you've been vaccinated. I think that that will, especially for the group where the vaccine rates have been sort of most sluggish, which is younger adults, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the elderly are largely all vaccinated because they were so so vulnerable and at risk. I think that, you know, as, as you said, like the FOMO effect or having it be just something like, you know, you get carded when you go somewhere, the more it can be like a vaccine or, or having that proof of vaccination is your gateway or is your ticket into doing things and being places that you want to be. I think that will help. Um, again, that relies on providing incentives that are equitable, that don't require that you win and somebody else loses, that everybody can partake in, and that modify behavior that don't just attempt to change the way people think or feel because we've done that and we have reaped all the benefits that that's going to reap. This is Why is produced by me, Adam Toy, and Dave McIver. It's a national radio show and a podcast. You can reach us by email at thisiswhy at globalnews.ca and on Twitter at thisiswhy. If you like what you hear and want to hear more, make sure you subscribe to This Is Why so you never miss an episode. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, tell a friend. Thanks for listening. Wear a mask and get vaccinated. We'll see you soon.